All right, so as we jump into our theme for tonight's training, I want all of us to kind of try to get into the minds of your group members. So if you can think about the people in your group, if you can think uh, about the people on your group roster, I want you to think about what were they thinking when they first signed up for your group? Uh, When they uh, first uh, checked out your group, what were they hoping to get out of your group? And I think there's a number of questions that people are asking when they they first sign up for a group. Uh, Maybe this is what they were wondering about when they jumped into your group. So maybe they're wondering, is is this group going to be a good fit for me? Uh, Am I going to like the people? Are the people going to like me? Am I going to fit in? Maybe they're wondering whether or not the group is going to fit their schedule. Some people, you know, maybe both the husband and the wife work, and so they have busy schedules. If they have kids and they have bedtimes, they're wondering, you know, is the group going to work for our kids' bedtimes? And speaking of uh, kids, they're going to wonder, does this group have a child care situation that is going to work for me? Uh, Maybe they're wondering, is this group close enough uh, to where I live? I know some people don't like to drive in the dark. Maybe you've had those people in your group. And so in the winter, when it's dark out, if the group's too far away, they, they don't want to drive all the way to your group. Some people are wondering, hey, will I be able to develop friendships in group? Or will I be able to experience some authentic relationships? Will uh, the people in my group be vulnerable? Will they be willing to admit their faults? Will they be willing to share their own struggles? And, and myself, will I really feel safe enough to share my own struggles in group? Some, pipe, some people might be asking the question, Will my husband like this group? You know, I can barely get him to show up to church on Sunday morning, let alone come to group. So if he comes to group, is he going to like the guys in my group? Are the guys in my group going to be able to fix my husband? You know, are the the people in my group, are they going to be able to fix, you know, my broken marriage? That's what people are wondering about. Maybe some people, they're not wondering whether or not it's going to fix their broken marriage, but they're wondering, when I join this group, am I going to be able to find the person that I want to marry? There could be questions that they have that are a bit more spiritual. So maybe they're wondering, will we be studying the Bible in group? Uh, will, we be, will we be able to discuss theology? Will we be able to learn more about God? Uh, or maybe their questions are, are a little bit more raw. Maybe they're wondering, will the people in, these, in this group be able to help me overcome my addictions? Or will they be able to help fill this void of loneliness that I have in my life? So... When people join a group at Northridge, there's a lot of different expectations that they have for what they're going to receive from it. And I think that includes our desire for community. Every one of us has a desire for community, community with God and community with others. And the good thing is that that's, that's, that's our win for groups at Northridge. That's our primary goal. Our goal at Northridge for groups is that everybody in our church would experience biblical community. But then there's, there's a number of questions that people are not asking when they're looking to join a group at Northridge. So if you were to talk with our Connections team at Northridge and ask them about the conversations they had today at Next, or ask them about the phone calls they had last week or the emails that they have going back and forth, these are not the questions that they're hearing from people as they're looking to join a group. So they're not hearing the question, hey, which group do you know of that has the most broken marriages and hurting people? You know, that's just really the group that I want to be. I want to be in, in that group. Or they're not, they're not asking the question, which group has some really depressed and angry and socially awkward people? Like, can I be in that group? You know, that, that group sounds like a great group for me. Or, or which group has some really, de- or has, uh, 
some, some mostly backslidden um, people who are not, you know, they're immature in their faith. I, I would just love to challenge them. I'd love to spend more time with them. Or maybe it has some lonely people in it. Maybe it has a single mom who has some really annoying kids. You know, my wife and I, we just love to hang out with them. Maybe we could do child care for her. That would just be great. Uh, th- there's all kinds of reasons that, are peop- that people are looking to join a group at Northridge. But here's the challenge. I would say that most people, uh, or maybe that's not strong enough, nobody is looking to join a group for what they can give. They're looking to join a group for what they can receive. And here's the problem. If we only attend a group to receive community and not invest in community, then we will never experience biblical community. Which brings us to our theme for tonight's training, which is to promote participation. And so here's the primary point, the the primary thing that I want all of us to walk away with tonight as we leave uh, this building tonight, that as leaders, our role, we need to lead our group members to be contributors and not consumers. So one of our primary roles as a group leader is to shift the mindset of our group members from what can I get out of this to what can I contribute to this. We want to shift it from beyond how can I experience community to how can I invest in and cultivate community beyond just seeking community for me to how can I offer community through me. But, but why is promoting participation so essential to the health of our community groups? I want to share two reasons. And the first one is this, that, that Scripture teaches it. So Paul writes about this. He talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. He says, now you are the body of Christ and every one of you is a part of it. When we think about community groups at Northridge, groups are simply a microcosm of the church. We are all part of the body of Christ, and every one of us has a, a role to play. No part is insignificant. Paul goes on to talk about this in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. He says, So Christ himself, so God, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. So you could summarize that group of people as the leaders of the church. He's given them to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So what Paul is saying here in this passage is that God has established leaders, which is, that's all of us. We are the leaders of Northridge Church. He's established leaders not so that we can minister to everyone, but so that we can equip the church. That is the people in our group to do the ministry. Our role as a group leader It's not to do the ministry for everyone, but to equip our group to do the ministry, to be the church, to be the ones discipling each other. And we can't have biblical community without everyone participating, without everybody playing their part and doing their role. Now, a second reason why promoting participation is essential to community group health is simply that our experience supports it. Our experience supports it. As we take a look at the role of promoting participation in group, I think there's, there's a number of benefits that we have experienced when, when we see this happening in groups. And so I just wanted to share a few benefits with you. The first one is that you'll actually like your group members better. You'll like that. That's a good, that's a good thing to, to have. Have you ever found yourself, you're in your group, and you begin to resent your group members? You begin to dislike them because they're only taking and they're not giving back? 
Instead of doing everything ourselves and burning ourselves out, when we decide to share roles, when, when other people are sharing the load, then, then we actually begin to like the people that we're doing group with. We like showing up to group. Uh, an- another benefit of promoting participation is that it decreases, de- uh, it decreases dependence. So there could be a week where you're sick, your kids are sick, you don't show up, your group is just fine. Maybe you miss a couple weeks in a trimester. Who knows, maybe your, your job transfers you out of town. You have to leave your group. But because you have promoted participation, uh, your group could be just fine without you. If you have to multiply your group, your group will be just fine. Another benefit to promoting participation is that your group members will stick. Your group members are more likely to show up consistently and to stick around long term when they all have a role to play and when the group is counting on them. In fact, we had there was a couple in our group this year who... They struggled just to come to uh, church on Sunday mornings, let alone come to a group during the week. And so what did we do? We put them on the schedule to host group in their home. And uh, yeah, so what happened on those weeks? You know, on the weeks that they had to host, they actually showed up to their house. It was good. But, you know, what was great about that, one of those weeks when that couple hosted in their home, one of the guys opened up more than he had ever opened up before and shared about a very personal struggle he was having in his life. A fourth benefit of promoting participation is that new leaders will be developed. So as people take on roles in group, they can be able to identify uh, their natural gifts and their spiritual gifts. And as they develop those, you're able to develop future leaders in your group. And one last benefit, maybe this is the, uh, the best benefit, is that your group members will experience belonging. So as we begin to identify our roles and as we begin to live them out, when we begin to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves, I think we all begin to grow in this sense of belonging. And this is true for your whole group. As that happens in your group, when your group members, when they go beyond consumption to contribution, then as a group, your whole group can experience biblical community. So I think the point is pretty clear. When we promote participation in group, there's incredible benefits to our group. But that still raises the question, well, how do, we, how do we do that? How do we promote participation in our groups? And really, I don't think this question is that complicated. It's not rocket science. And I think the answer is pretty simple. It's, we do this by, we promote participation and contribution by giving away the tasks of running the group. And there's a number of ways we can do this. I just wanted to share two ideas with you tonight, and then we'll talk about this more the rest of our night together. Uh, But the first idea is just to use a pre-assigned volunteer schedule. And and this probably isn't new to you. We've talked about this at uh, the last few trainings for the last few years. But uh, the reason why we keep emphasizing this is that as coaches, I think we've seen no uh, better tool for for promoting participation in in your group and group health than using a pre-assigned volunteer schedule. So what I'm not saying here is that on the first week or two of group, that you go to your group and you have an empty piece of paper, you have a, a schedule that's empty and you ask people to sign up, but that, no, as leaders, you are leading out by, ahead of time, assigning everybody a role for the whole trimester. And so you bring that schedule at the beginning of the trimester and then you say, hey, if there's a week that you can't do this or if there's a role you're not comfortable with, then you know, that's fine, but here's the schedule for the trimester. And again, there's no better tool that we know of to help promote participation in group than doing that. On page 19 of your booklet, we have a list of different roles that you could schedule for uh, your group this trimester. One other way that uh, you can promote participation in your group is through the youth, 
of growth goal cards. So if you look in the middle of your table, underneath the food and the box and all the paper on your table, you'll see some growth goal cards. And so I'd encourage you to grab one of those and take a look at them. In fact, uh, before you head out tonight, I'd encourage you to grab enough of those cards for everybody in your group. Now, over the last couple of years, we've talked about the importance of um, having growth goals in our groups, and so we've, we've, had, we've used those during our sermon discussion time, but we want to be more intentional about that. So on those cards, you'll see a name for people, or, uh, some lines for people to write their name in. Uh, they can write a due date, uh, a today's date and a due date, and then write down an accountability partner to help them keep accountable with their growth goals. A- as leaders, we're limited in our ability to help everyone in our group uh, follow uh, follow through with the growth goals that they set. And so one of the best ways to promote participation is by having your group share accountability with each other. And one next growth goal that we encourage you to emphasize in your group, we have our open baptism service in three weeks here at Northridge. That's a great opportunity for people in your group who have not yet been baptized. It's an easy step for them to take, to take that step and get baptized. So these are just two simple ways to go about promoting participation in your group, but we want to dive deeper than that. And so we're going to do that in two ways to, tonight. Uh, first of all, we're going to do that through our breakouts in a little bit. Our coaches have prepared some content for some key areas of promoting participation in group. But we also want to do that through table discussion. So we're going to have about 10 minutes or so for you to talk about this more at your table. Uh, we as coaches, we as a staff are limited in our ideas for how to do this well, but there's a wealth of knowledge and experience in this room. So we want you to benefit uh, from each other as, as we talk about these ideas. So there's two questions that we'd love for you to discuss at your tables for the next two minutes. The two questions are, how did you participate in your group before you were a group leader? And then number two, how have you experienced the value of promoting participation in your own group? So if you can take about 10 minutes to talk about those and then... Aaron's going to get back up and wrap things up before we head out to our breakouts. Thanks. If I can get your attention, I know this is, a, this is such a clutch time as a group leader to try to put together some plans uh, for what the trimester is going to look like, and I would encourage you to continue to do that. Make sure you have those, those details ironed out. And um, In a group like this, there's this large, there's so many stories of success of success in groups, whether, you know, maybe somebody asked you to bring a snack and that's what got you to come consistently or whatever it is for you. Um, but yeah, I just love that we are looking forward to another trimester. Hopefully you get all those details settled. And I, one story that stood out for me this summer with groups, our summer group is always awesome. We had an, an awesome one in Henrietta, but this one wasn't a summer group. This was um, a, a group based out of the Henrietta campus, had two, two engaged couples in it. Um, so Two, two weddings, which turned out to be literally one day off, okay? One was August 16th, one was August 17th, and they were both down in the Finger Lakes over an hour away, and um, the, both these couples are based in Henrietta. They had, asked, they had asked me to do the wedding. It turned out that, like, somehow I was available to do both of them, which is a little bit crazy, but um, Lauren and I were able to go, and as we were making the plans to be there, we were starting to get wind, like maybe some people from our campus were going to be going. That's pretty cool. The, gr- the four group leaders from this group, of course, knew that these couples were getting married. So we go down to do the first wedding, which literally I said, you know, I now pronounce you husband and wife, walked out, said, I love you to the bride and groom, and then Laura and I got in the car and drove to the next rehearsal. Um, but while we were there on Friday, we were walking up to the first wedding, and there was the two sets of group leaders, 
They had made it down, again, over an hour away. They're excited. They're part of the wedding. They're part of the reception. They paid to get a hotel, to stay the night there down there in the Finger Lakes. And then the next day at the next set of weddings, there we were again. I was wearing the same suit, given the the same message. Um, But uh, there they were. And I just thought, what an awesome demonstration of what a group leader looks like. That they're there for the highlight reels, right? But they're also there in the tough moments of group. And they're also there to provide logistics like you're on to facilitate this week. And as small as that might seem, those are the things that are bringing those couples in. Two of those are RIT students who met at RIT and they're now married and and live in the area finishing up school. And the other two are people who placed their faith in Christ this year. And they're starting out their marriage in a way that would never have been true if this group, these group leaders hadn't been investing. So the John and Melissa McCormick, Drew and Nikki Nisbet, great job, guys. Thanks for being incredible leaders. And for getting a, you know, a 24-hour date away from your kids, I guess. But um, no, I love that. Thanks for leading so well and being so available to the people in your group. Guys, I know that if we were to ask you, we could get stories like that all over the place. Thank you for being amazing leaders. Drew is serious when he says that you are the reason our church is able to do biblical community. The reason we're able to have people growing in their faith is because of people like you.